This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're gonna go out of here as the Big Eight champion. 93-7 The Ticket veteran and Bill Callahan fan club president, Jake Bakovic. I love Billy. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. It is that time of the week, our first show on the block of the week uh, here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Bakovin, Big Sky in studio with me as we await the great one, Eric Strickland. We had quite a good weekend. I, I know we went to, to Dallas. He, uh, he had kind of this cool picture where they, on the Mavericks court, they have all the names of past Mavericks who mattered at least. I'm not sure. I'll have to ask him exactly what it was, but uh, it was just kind of, you know, kind of small letters you couldn't see along the sideline, but he, his name was there, so that was kind of cool. And he had a bigger name than, like, Marquise Daniels and, you know, some of the other past Mavericks that have just been along. So I'm going to ask him if, if, if size matters in that case. Well, I think the way to figure that out would be to go look at Dirks and see how big Dirks yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. There's just a variety of different sizes there. So I wondered, like, is this a guy that started? Or is this just role players? Like, Yogi Ferrell, I think, had a smaller one. <laughs> so. is, is Does Mark Cuban have one? I'm sure Mark Cuban does. All all we saw, all I saw in the picture was Strick by his name. Um, so I didn't I didn't search out the bigger Mavericks names of the past. Second question: Does Tony Romo have one from his one game with the <laughs> Dallas Mavericks after he retired from the Cowboys? That's a good question, and uh, one of the few questions about Tony Romo that doesn't have to do with Dak Prescott from over the weekend. I, th- I think people are starting to group in the Cowboys. And, and maybe those eras together. It's been a while for, for Dak and just can't seem to get uh, too much success going in the playoffs. Of course, that was a problem for Tony Romo when he's been with the Cowboys. And just like the Huskers, Cowboys fans, we just love the 90s, love to talk to, about, talk to you about them. Um, maybe more so than the Huskers, they've had success in being relevant and getting um, you know postseason opportunities. But again, uh, just in, in my mind, an awful, awful call um, allowed Dallas to not have a chance or allowed the 49ers to get away with um, a, a victory without having to, to um, I guess, defend the Hail Mary or, or the Four Verts or whatever it would have been at that point in the time. If you didn't watch the, the Dallas 49ers game, they decided to run a draw with zero timeouts left, about 17 seconds to go, um, and they surprised the Niners. The Niners didn't see it coming. You know why? Because it was an awful call, and the Cowboys now, um, in the, the, you know, the afterwards, the um, you, you just hear from their side talking about the ref was in the way or he didn't spot. The ref has to spot the ball, and you might you might run in. I mean, there's human error that goes along with this. So that's why you don't make that call is to make sure. I mean, they were doing great on the drive altogether. Just do another out route for nine yards and get out of bounds. You know, um, th- that draw play was just an absolutely awful call. Um, I have nothing against Mike McCarthy. Kind of fun long term. Kellen Moore, the 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 quarterback or the offensive coordinator. I think that was his call. Um, and and I, I cheer for those guys. But man, that's not the way that you want. You want to give you, you always say if, if you're going to lose, lose with your best player taking the last shot if it's in that sort of case and they took 
they took themselves out of the scenario or put the scenario into the ref's hands as to whether they were going to get one last shot at it or not. Uh, as a Packers fan, I can tell Cowboys fans that that's what you get when Mike McCarthy is your head coach. You get <laughs> head-scratching decisions late in games, Ter- known known for his terrible clock management. So this should come as no surprise to anybody. It certainly didn't surprise me when I saw it. And, you know, you, you look at it and you're like, oh, what are they doing? What are they doing? And that's just a classic Mike McCarthy move. He calls an effective play, but maybe not the effective play you need in that moment. Yeah, you gained 15 yards on on a scramble <laughs> and lost the game. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. But also, I mean, 49ers were doing their best to give that game away there at the end. Uh, so the Cowboys were lucky to even get into that position and certainly didn't show uh, any any quit last night. The Cowboys did. So I think there's still a lot to look forward to if you're a Cowboys fan. Um, maybe move on from Mike McCarthy after that decision. I think it's well known that he was hired because he could be he he was somebody who who was on the down downward trend of his career and someone that Jerry Jones could control easily, and so uh, maybe maybe move on from from uh, McCarthy and elevate Kellen Moore to head coach because he has been very good uh, at at uh, offensive coordinator. The toughest thing is going to be losing Dan Quinn as your DC. Looks like he's going to go to uh, Denver as your head coach as their head coach. Uh, so losing Dan Quinn is going to be big because he's completely transformed that defense from a a bottom 15 unit last year to a top five unit this year. So I think, I think there's a lot to look forward to. You just got to replace some, uh, some coaches, maybe move on from Mike McCarthy. Yeah. I don't know if they'll do that or not. Um, we'll we'll kind of see if he kind of gets on the hot seat, obviously a play like that. Um, you know, sometimes you don't have, I mean, Mike McCarthy obviously got into the playoffs has, has had a solid career. Um, like you said, uh, with the Packers there before, for the Cowboys, but sometimes it's not just all about wins and losses. It's wins. It happens what the decisions are. And Jerry Jones said it was one of the most disappointing losses he's ever had. Um, and then of course the, the, the classless Cowboys fans, not all of them. I don't want to group them in, but there were a few of them that were throwing, you know, trash on the field. That was um, pretty upsetting to see, but uh, kind of understandable. Just not the look that we wanted to show on Nickelodeon. The kids learning about the game of football. You don't want to learn. The adults also are, are bad people at I would, times. <laughs> I would also like to shout out our youth for voting the losing starting quarterback, the MVP, the Nickelodeon valuable player, two years <laughs> in a row. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky wins last year in the absolute romp uh, of the Saints over the Bears and then Dak Prescott wins the uh, Nickelodeon valuable player last night uh, in a loss as well and so I, I just don't know if our youth are not capable of evaluating football talent or if we're just going with the biggest name out there yeah, but shout, so. shout out the youth did you did you watch any of the Nickelodeon broadcasts I did not I, I saw a little bit of it last year with the slime the explosions yep. when the uh, guy runs in the end zone I, I just said you know I don't think this is how I need to spend my time. And I was also <laughs> giving a beautiful and wondrous uh, women's basketball postgame show with, with Nick and DP. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, – and, and, of course, the women didn't came up a little bit short. Was there a lot of complaints about the refs in that one as well, I believe? <laughs> how is there not going to be a lot of complaints about the officiating in that game? Yeah. I think we spent a good 10 minutes on the officiating, 10, 15 minutes. Um, all, the, uh, all the forums that I looked at were – all about the refs and the uh, foul dispar- uh, dis- discrepancy. Yeah. And then we got a couple texts on the text line that were mainly focused about the officiating. Even one person that dropped in about halfway through and said, you know, this is what Amy said about it. 
please tell me you've already covered this. So, <laughs> yeah, the 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 officials were really the story last night. Yeah, it was, and and it's kind of a, a, a tough stretch for Nebraska women's volleyball now, as they were just kind of right there to get into the top twenty-five. Probably earned it with a top ten victory over Michigan, but then had another loss, so they didn't get in, and now have had a few more three losses in a row, I believe, for the Husker women's team now. Well, five straight games against teams that should be top twenty-five teams. I, I think Iowa was a top twenty-five team. Uh, beat Nebraska, lost, and then dropped out. Uh, they probably earned their way back in last night with a, a with a win over Nebraska. But Nebraska has played close games with every single top twenty five team they've played, so it looks like they're just the next best. So others receiving votes. Th- those, th- yeah, those five, those five top twenty five teams are all a, just a tad better. Nebraska's like twenty sixth. Yeah, and that's probably about where they'll be. Uh, I don't know if they did the polls yet. Usually those do come out on Monday. I know they did the men's poll, so I'm sure uh, we could look up the women's poll as well. Um, but, you know, just kind of back to that playoff thought with depressed Tim Miles fan says, huge 49ers fan here. I was in such shock when they made that call in the game uh, ended. I could barely enjoy the victory for about 20 minutes afterwards. It, it was just it was just weird. Um, and, and like you said, but, I mean, going back to that game too, I'm glad that that was the story because what very well could be the story and something I'm sure Dallas fans is gonna, are going to hold over his head a little bit is Randy Gregory um, uh, making a defensive holding play there, kind of t- tackled the guy that was that was blocking him on a key situation there that was going to allow Dallas to have more time to get the ball. Um, 49ers returned the favor by having Trent Williams go in motion. They snapped it before he got off so that they couldn't get uh, their fourth and one or fourth and they call it fourth and inches. It was fourth and inch. I've never seen them give somebody the first down and then go review the spot put the ball down and then ran in and I mean they reset the ball and then uh measured out where they where they put it after the review so that was it was it was an entertaining game about as good of a game as you could have unfortunately I did watch the Nickelodeon broadcast because I DVR'd it I was kind of I was kind of busy in the afternoon so I DVR'd it and then I so I was watching it and it just kind of took a little bit of uh, you know the the historical significance. Or it was just a great game, right? Um, but every time they did anybody scored, it wasn't like, "What does this mean for the game?" These are historic franchises. What's going on here? It was about slime. <laughs> there was just slime going on. Well, that, that's been the brand since I was a kid. You watch the Teen <laughs> Choice or the Kids Choice Awards, and a, you, a guy wins. You know, best a, a group of uh, guys win best show or whatever you want to call it, and. They walk up on stage, get their orange blimp, and then get immediately blasted by green slime. And, you know, you're just like, all right. That, that, that's, <laughs> as a little kid, it was sick. And now you're just like, this is kind of weird. You know, what, what is the green slime? Right. Is, is it colored water? Is it cold? Is it warm? I, I'd still like to be dumped in green slime just because that, that was the goal back in the day. So Also, update, the poll is out, and Nebraska is receiving zero votes. They're not in the others receiving votes no. after a few losses. No. Wow, they've got some... Uh, They've got some difficult people, I mean, people to impress there. Nebraska just hasn't been able to jump to the top 25 despite being undefeated a majority, you know, the whole non-con. Uh, and, I, I mean, I guess now wouldn't be the time to expect it, but, uh, yeah. Iowa is number 25 now, now, though. So I would say Nebraska proved that they were better than the 25th best team in the country last night. <laughs> well, sometimes you have to beat the refs as well. Nebraska couldn't overcome that. But either way, I still thought a, a top 10 win would uh, kind of raise their profile a little bit over Michigan earlier this year. And it just, I, I guess it didn't do enough to impress them. But either way, Nebraska certainly having a good season. They kind of got to rebound a little bit here. Um, but they're they're tournament bound as it, as it is for, as for now. So no worries. Just got to get to the tournament eventually. It's starting to feel a little bit like the 2017-2018 men's season where they 
just couldn't get the early respect that we all thought that they deserved. They got some uh, they got some big wins over ranked teams, and then at the end of the year, it just they just never seemed to to pop up on any of the uh, right people's eyes or, yeah. or on their televisions, and they get left out of the tournament. I don't think this women's team gets left out of the tournament. DP and I discussed it last night, and he put the target the the wins to get in at nine or six, so nineteen wins on the season. And I think that's totally reasonable. You see teams win 19 games and get in, and it's like a eight seed, nine seed every year. So yeah. uh, hopefully the women don't get left out because they have had a great season so far. But it's it's starting to feel a little bit like that. Just can't get any respect from from the people that matter. One, it would be this very similar to that season because Nebraska got that victory over Michigan as well. The Nebraska men's team that year over Mo Wagner and Mo Wagner, so, excuse me, and that Michigan team. Um, and I guess that wasn't impressive enough. They went ended up playing them in the Big Ten tournament, getting blown out. Um, so maybe that l- kind of took away from the victory or whatever. And then, but nobody knew at that time that that Michigan team would go on to be national champion runner-up. I mean, get to the national championship game. And that doesn't mean this women's team is going to do that either for the Michigan side. Um, but it is kind of interesting the parallel between those and you and you hope not to see that I'll never forget that was a that was a turn that was a team that's that won 13 conference games in the Big Ten and was left out that's that's almost just unbelievable even thinking about how that could happen in any season it's because the year before the Big Ten did horrible in the dance yeah and all Nebraska was dancing on the graves of those teams and then we got the repercussion drilled into us after a <laughs> great season probably the best season in uh Nebraska ball for the last 15 years yeah, maybe other than the tournament year. Um, I, I think that the team that you made think the that tournament team would, be would have lost to the team that didn't make the tournament. It's possible. There wasn't much of a you know a disparity between the two because the tournament team obviously was the 11 seed, had a huge victory over Wisconsin to get in, um, but you know wasn't uh, wasn't overwhelming. I think sometimes we kind of think about, well, what do you need to look like a tournament team? They they had, they were missing some pieces. They lost Devrell Biggs. They didn't really have you know uh, at that point Ty Webster wasn't um, the point guard he would be by the time he was a senior. Benny Parker was good, but um, they didn't have like a true point guard, especially if they were like pressed before half court. It was a disaster. Um, so that team was was kind of missing some things. And uh, the team that, that that we mentioned later, you wonder if that that one thirteen conference games that should have been in the tournament. Um, you wonder what that would have kind of done to the trajectory of, of Nebraska men's basketball, right? Because at that point, it was very clear, okay, well, if this isn't happening, Tim Miles has got to be on the hot seat. They've got to win next year. And the recruiting was just tough from there. I mean, Nebraska um, still had their, their big three in James Palmer and, and Copeland uh, and Glenn Watson. And Thomas Allen was sticking around. But after that, there just wasn't a whole lot of depth because it was kind of like the writing's on the wall. If it doesn't happen, uh, it's, it's so it was kind of a struggle to recruit. They had like Amir Harrison, guys that would transfer or be let go by Fred Hoiberg the next year. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it was just that that was difficult to watch. And you think if they get in the tournament, maybe that changes everything. And Tim Miles still gets a, a chance. And then, you know, who knows down the line? I love the, the get in Fred Hoiberg, but so far not paying off. Well, you also have a guy like Isaiah Roby on that team as well. Who he's now Absolutely. playing with the Oklahoma City Thunder, and you just you look back and you just question how they, that team possibly didn't make the tournament, and then the next year to have as bad a season as they ended up having that ultimately led in Miles getting let go. It's just, it's, it's really painful to go back and think <laughs> about it too hard because we have fallen quite far from our our what twenty two win season. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's crazy when you look at those years too. Is that you know Nebraska was playing like top twenty-five battles against Iowa, and just to think that they're nowhere close to anything like that over the last three years, um, 
like when I say nowhere close, like there's no like there's no game that was being built up or thought of as even approaching that sort of level. And you remember in those years going, well, he's got to win this or, you know, they need to move forward. You know, you remember thinking the hot seat's there and you just kind of look back and think, ah, maybe we should have been a little nicer to Tim. But to be fair, there again, I don't know if it was all Tim Miles fault or because the writing was on the wall, but the recruiting at the end really helped put Nebraska in this big hole that they're in now, which it was Fred Hoiberg. When you have to scrap a program, like not keep, you know, they kept Thor. That was it. They weren't interested in anybody else that would have been a holdover. And to be fair, I don't think I would have been too interested in a lot of those guys either. They haven't moved on to go play for Illinois or or Vanderbilt or anything. They're 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 moving down. A caller up stayed around for one year and then transferred out once he once he realized he wasn't going to get any looks with the Fred Hoiberg right. system. So we had we had two uh, for, uh, Tim Miles guys stay stay with the program. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know you lose. The, t- the Miles era was when I started paying attention to Nebraska basketball. So I have a soft spot for virtually every big name that was with that team uh, in like 2016, 2015, 2016. Guys like Michael Jacobson, who ends up going to Iowa State, tears it up there. Um, uh, Ed Morrow Jr., uh, whose father played football at the university. He, he was a really fun player to watch. Uh, Ty Webster. Uh, Siobhan Shields was probably my favorite player. Oh, yeah. I bought a Siobhan Shields custom shirt uh, that year, the first year. Very I was like, cool. all right, I'm, 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 I'm locking in. So it's it's really tough as a, as a new Nebraska ball fan to go from that to start out and have like excitement watching the games to kind of where we are now. Yeah, I mean, Nebraska basketball today does get to get a chance to kind of maybe make up for some of that. Well, really, just get off the schneid because they have not won a Big Ten game. They have Indiana come into town because uh, of, of the TV uh, way that it's working out. It's at five, so you're not going to get a, you know, a great crowd, I don't think, in there tonight. The problem is, though, I don't. You know, and I love Nebraska basketball fans and how loyal they are. It's hard to put energy, um, to manufacture energy either way. I mean, if this tip-off was at 7 and more people could get there, um, you still wonder how the environment would be because you, you can only take so much. And it's been pretty rough for Nebraska basketball. Um, but hopefully they can they can reverse course and get the win tonight. We'll see. I thought they played well in Bloomington earlier this year against Indiana. Um, obviously, it's it's still a good team. It's going to be tough to get any wins here in the Big Ten. Also kind of fun just because, you know, happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day, by the way. Um, but because of that, we've had some, some games throughout the day. Um, my favorite one as, as a Big Ten fan is Purdue knocking off number 17, Illinois. I, I guess it's not knocking off since they're number four in the nation. But getting the win against Illinois, a battle of the big men that Nebraska have not fared well against over the last couple of games. And Kofi Kingston and, and Zach, or not Kofi Kingston, and Kofi Coburn and uh, Zach Eady. Zach Eady scoring 20 points, leading uh, Purdue to a 96-88 victory in overtime today against Illinois. So that was pretty cool. Uh, we'll kind of keep you up to date on all the other happenings and, and kind of goings on. A lot of NBA action early in the day on, on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Of course, the wild card matchup tonight, wrapping up a great wild card weekend uh, at SoFi Stadium, Arizona, and Los Angeles Rams. Of course, a great NFC West battle. Uh, so plenty to get through throughout the day and and. Lots of fun to be had. The big news in Huskerland is Will Honus uh, announcing his intentions to enter the transfer portal. He uh, was granted a seventh year of eligibility, so it kind of just wraps up 
a um, a, a injury riddled career for Will Honus at Nebraska. Um, but we'll talk about kind of some of the of what that does. How does that affect Nebraska moving forward? Um, Nebraska also added a top JUCO running back from the portal over the weekend, so we'll be able to dive into a little bit of that as well. Um, so just a lot to talk about today. A lot of fun to be had, and we'll continue doing it here uh, as we get to our next break. Of course, uh, Strick is uh, set to join us in about 40 minutes, but uh, we'll break down some of the Husker football goings on uh, next here on On the Block with Strickenbach on 93.7 The Ticket. 